Hey everyone, it's Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres. We're here to talk to you about the Hockey Podcast Network. As you all know, the Hockey Podcast Network is your one-stop shop for all things NHL year-round, featuring podcasts for each team based in their respective local market. Subscribe today. You won't regret it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres as part of the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And we are just now getting some some breaking news on the jersey front for the Buffalo Sabres. Yes. Uh, just got a teaser of the Atlantic. They are uh, oh. playing shirtless next year. They are. Nothing yeah, underneath. honor Rob Ray. That's beautiful. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool i think remember how many people had like the like i feel like there's a lot of posters of just like rob ray with like an arm in the air all bloody and just like shirtless i feel like a lot of people had a poster of that growing up that oh was just yeah, like a yeah classic sabers poster classic uh pre-2000 <laughs> uh professional athlete who was not in any shape just looked oh like yeah been, like, at, oh yeah uh, like a beer league <laughs> yeah no oh, definition yeah. at all <laughs> Knew how to just beat the hell out of guys, though. Oh, hell yeah. Um, but on the jersey front, though, uh, the teasers have been officially dropped for the reverse retro jerseys for the Atlantic Division. Uh, we are recording this episode on Sunday, so by the time you're listening to this on Monday, the full jerseys will probably have dropped. But we know, for the most part now, pretty specifically what the Sabres jersey is going to be. Uh, and we know for certain that the jersey is going to be white. Uh, we found that out a little bit earlier last week uh, when Adidas released a teaser video that had each team uh, and the color of the jersey that they would have, and then on the back of the jersey was the year that the jersey was inspired from. Uh, and so for the Sabres, they had a white jersey with the blue trim and 0-0 on it. And so that immediately people knew that we weren't going to get black and red. A lot of other teams have been... Uh, some teams have like gone backwards with their colors. Like the Kings, for example. We all know now they're black and silver. But they uh, went back to former colors and kind of combined yeah. two different eras. As they should um, permanently. The per- yeah, I mean, purple and gold is so or is so sweet. Um but then other teams, you know, they like, for example, uh, Colorado, they are incorporating like some of the Nordiques design into their current colors, but then Carolina is just getting straight up Hartford jerseys. Um, so, but anyways, though, we knew it was going to be with uh, it being the year 2000, we knew it was going to be the famous butter knives from the red jersey, and we now know that it is going to be pretty damn near close to the exact same thing as that, except flipped to white as the main with uh blue and gold as the the complementary colors because also we have found out they recolored the goat head and the goat head is going to be on the shoulder patch so pretty cool it looks really really sharp with blue and gold i think and it's like the first time really since 2007 that they are addressing like using the goat head in like new merch uh, like new colored merch, I guess I should say, like recolored with like blue and gold. So pretty cool. All of a sudden done. What are your what's your take on the jersey? Looks sharp from what we've seen so far, and obviously everyone will see tomorrow the, right. the full thing. Uh, it's good today, because, technically. Yes, today <laughs> when you're listening to this. Uh, before we restarted, Brennan said immediately after seeing it that he was going to buy it, which is good because I think <laughs> a lot of people will think that and do that, and you know. The Sabres could use a little bit of uh, cash flow <laughs> these days. I don't want to be so, the one to give it to them, but that yeah. jersey will look pretty sweet. Yeah, so. So, no, it's cool. I think there's been a lot of reveals in the past with Sabres jerseys that have gone over not great, we'll say. A uh, lot. Yes. A lot. <laughs> and, like, the worst being the Turd Burgers during uh, a really, really bad time in Sabres history. So the fact that it just, even though it has nothing to do with what's going on on the ice, it's good to... It, just they did something right yeah and they do they look sharp as hell i'm not as much of a jersey guy as other people but they look great and i'm really excited for everyone's not everyone's but a lot of nhl teams this season to wear these they're gonna look pretty cool there are some really awesome concepts have you had a chance to check out some of like the teasers of the other ones i know we've talked about yeah i've seen the anaheim ones the colorado ones yeah a couple like those yeah the ones you talked about um 
I'm really looking forward to uh, St. Louis, for example. I believe that theirs is going to be red-based, which is kind of playing off of the blue and red jerseys that they had in the mid-'90s, where it was like oh, yeah. the Their, their golden era. Yeah, and so now they're going to be... These jerseys are going to be red, and I'm really excited for that because they be also cool. are going to have like the trumpet logo on the shoulders. Um, Arizona is going to have purple jerseys, which, like, yes. Were they going to do the... The little, what's it called? The, the Kachina? Yeah, the Kachina, but they're doing, like, it, it, the base of it is purple. Oh, that's um, awesome. Like, in the, uh, as compared to, like, purple was just, like, a secondary color on the old, like, um, forest green jerseys that they had. But I am really excited for it. I'm excited for Colorado, too, to see, like, with, like, the Nordiques, how much they're going to kind of be inspired in the jersey we already have seen from some of the previews that uh like they're it's going to be incorporated in some way so um i'm excited for it though it's it's i think going to be really cool and i mean it just just goes further with the nhl just like needing to get more creative and you know embracing just creativity and i i know it's that's kind of redundant from what i said before but i mean it's just taking after how the nba how successful it is with them oh like, yeah just with changing jerseys and like i mean why not for one it's a money maker for you and like that, that that gets people excited about it it's something to hype up and with jerseys especially like alternate jerseys like this you know it's not like people are going to get like winter classic fatigue for example like, right yeah. if you were to do something like this every year or every couple years like I, I, who wouldn't be on board for that you know it, right, it's yeah. it's really exciting it's just it's different it's fun and it's cool to see you know like it players today like jack eichel getting to wear like a butter knives jersey with like the 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 goat head on his shoulder like that's pretty exciting like that's yeah. really cool and hopefully one day i mean at least in the sabers case we'll actually get to see them rock black jerseys again someday or red jerseys yeah. well so even the epl daniel Schmier league they mm-hmm. pretty much every team every season has a different third jersey so there's no reason not to do that first of all it's a good way to make money and second it gives you know fans something to look forward to before every season right you know like just my, builds the hype yeah my my uh old pals the uh the tottenham hotspur i found out recently that they had a purple jersey back in 20, really? 2013 very extremely sharp uh, yeah, this is a. It seems like a positive development. Definitely, absolutely. Hopefully, there's more of it to come because I'm pretty sure also there's. A, I think there's another um, initiative that they're trying to do, like a jersey initiative where they want to do. It's like a specifically like retro one. I don't know if that's just a rumor, but I I read something at some point that there's going to be like a system of like four of them potentially similar to how the NBA has it. That'd be awesome. That would be very cool. That would be very, very cool. Um, so that is something that we do know. Reverse retro jerseys coming out tomorrow. Well, technically today again as you're listening to this. But uh, one thing we don't know that's pretty important. Uh, when the season is going to start. Anything about this. What the season is going to look like. Yeah. Uh, who is playing in what division? Um, there's, there's so much. I mean, where, where do we even begin? Where do you want to start the discussion well, on this? Well, start with this. So this Monday, there are, I believe, 46 days until January 1st, which is the day the season's supposed to start. Right. That's not a lot of time. That's almost exactly a month and a half. And there are a ton of questions. Uh, so many. Yeah. So <laughs> a couple months ago, or maybe, yeah, I think early October, basically players agreed to move the season from December 1st to January 1st to get this together. Uh it's not clear how long the season will be. If you start January 1st, you have time in your normal time frame to have a 50-something game season. But if you want to push that back, like there's no way they're doing an 82, I would say. But they're going to try to get as many games as possible. So I imagine they're going to push back the normal dates, the mm-hmm. normal playoff start date, trade deadline, all that good stuff. So you're pushing that to, I don't know, let's say like into July for the Stanley Cup at the very least. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be an interesting thing. Like how far do they push that? How many games are there going to be? But I think the biggest question is kind of what you you alluded to there. What's going to happen with the Canadian teams? Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think is really interesting, and especially from the Sabres' perspective. So one of the rumors out there right now is that there's going to be an all-Canadian division, which would be, I think, very entertaining. Um, and that would be really cool just for Canada. Yes. Um, also kind of unfair that three teams would get to make the playoffs out of that because the all-Canadian division would not be very good. 
Fair, fair. Well, at least in the Sabres case, though, this is extremely helpful because if you were to do it more from like a regional basis, I mean, for one, you know right off the bat Toronto is not in the division anymore. I mean, that obviously sucks because you want to beat Toronto and everything, but Toronto is a perennial playoff team. Uh, more importantly, though, it takes Tampa out of the division. Uh, I would have a hard time thinking that the Sabres would still, if they were going to do a realignment, would still be playing with a team in the South like that. Yeah. Um, I feel like it would make more sense to combine more of like the Northeastern teams together, and that might mean being in a division with either like the Rangers and the Islanders, for example. Um, that could also mean being in a division with Columbus, or I've even seen projections that would have Minnesota and Chicago in the same division as the Sabres. So the NHL, you know, there's a lot of flexibility at their fingertips right now in terms of, uh, you know, completely just making the most out of this being a one-off, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously the main thing that's going to dictate decision-making throughout this entire process is going to be the state of COVID-19 in the United States and in Canada. But, you know, if you were going to do something that would not only mix up divisions, but mix up conferences, I mean, how would you feel about something like that, Taylor? Okay, so for starters, it's going to be different than just divisions changing. It's going to be more than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, for people don't, that don't know, Canada is basically closed, more yeah. or less. Uh, it is not clear. In fact, I think it's clear that that will not be changing soon, given the case numbers in the U.S. and they're even also increasing in Canada. Right. So that is, that is a huge issue. Uh, in baseball, you saw Toronto just come play in Buffalo, which is really exciting. And in the NBA, it seems like you're going to see the Raptors coming to... America as well, yeah. playing a full season, either hosting games in maybe Buffalo again, maybe, or maybe Buffalo, another city, uh, or something like that. You can't really do that with the NHL because there are seven Canadian teams, and it's hard to find seven places to do this. Pretty impossible, it yeah. seems even. So that kind of creates an interesting question, uh, which is that if you if you do create an all Canadian division, are they just all going to play each other? Are they only going to play? Like, if you're Toronto, are you only playing six teams all year? And then, in turn, is that what the American divisions are going to do? Are, That's very true. It, it's, it's an interesting question. It's very like, true. Or it kind of seems unfair to make them play the whole league, and Toronto gets to play, like, 20 combined games against Calgary and Edmonton, or Winnipeg. Right. Or Montreal, or Ottawa. It's not, it's not a very good situation up there right now. Uh, but that also kind of brings into question what the other divisions will look like. Will they also try to be... Uh, will they try to be... I shouldn't say also, because Canada's are not geographically close, but will they try to do what you said and put the Sabres near teams... Like, would they have their... Like, an old-fashioned Northeast division yeah. without the Canadian teams or things like that? Because at that point, you have to think what the, the playoff structure is going to look like. And if those Canadian teams are stuck up there for now, what are they going to look like for the playoffs? Right. Uh, and then, additionally, another question... What is the bubble situation? What's the fan situation? Yeah. It seems like a bubble is not happening, even no. a half bubble. It would have to, I mean, again, for the playoffs, I would assume. Have to. Yeah. And, and, I mean, then you're even taking into account the fact that we really won't know the state of things by that point. But, I mean, is there going to have to be a two-week break between the, the end of the regular season and the playoffs? Because if the Canadian teams are going to have to come over the border or vice versa, there's going to have to be a two-week quarantine period. Yeah. So how is that going to work? Absolutely. So the reason the NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs worked so well was that they were in bubbles and they were doing extremely well. Now, I understand that's not something you can do long-term, especially for a whole regular season, just because guys don't want to do that. That was... That was already tough on them, especially for the guys that were there the whole time. It was, I think, three months, pretty much. It's a lot. It's a um, lot. Absolutely. And the MLB season is interesting. Uh, in the beginning, it was a disaster. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I think it was a completely bastardized season. But the MLB had the advantage of being able to make up games by playing doubleheaders, which you can't do in any other sport. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, the NFL and NCAA seasons are going on right now. Brendan, how would you categorize how those two seasons are going? Uh, not great. <laughs> yeah. Not well. Uh, about a third of college football games were canceled yesterday. Yeah. And the NFL's plan basically seems to be that, like, well, 
we're playing. Let's so, hope this works. So, uh, yeah, because <laughs> which they've somehow made it nine weeks into the season. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, it's just a, a lot of guys missing right. games. So hockey's going to be even tougher with that because I don't because. The, the NFL has its own advantage, which is it's it's one game a week. If you have a three and four scheduled, and you are Edmonton, and McDavid, Drysaitel, and name one other person on the team that matters, uh, are all one of them is tested positive. Yeah, and yeah. That's a huge problem. Now another problem is like if you're in a locker room, isn't everyone in a hockey locker room compared to football? Yep. Isn't everyone kind of exposed if one person has it? Unless you're, I mean, realistically, yeah, everybody even on the other team would have it too. Yeah. You know, like like are guys just going to come to the rink dressed like they're like six years old again? <laughs> like I don't know. I I mean, there's a lot that they're going to have to work out, and the, the the logistics, like the issues that would happen with that. I mean, what's it going to be like then for players? Like if you're traveling, like are you not allowed to leave the hotel at all? Um, you know what? It, it, it's tough. There's just so many problems that yeah. that, that could happen, uh, and I mean, we just don't know when a vaccine is going to happen, and we don't really know. You know, I mean, right now, where things are as it stands today, things are worse than they have been at any point yes. during in terms the of pandemic. Cases, yeah. In terms of in terms of cases, yeah. So. I mean, how long is is this going to keep going, like being on the up for? You yeah. Know? Uh, sooner or later, we're going to have to hit a breaking point, and whether that's from a lockdown or something else, like that, the numbers are going to have to go down again. But yeah, we just we have no idea when that is because now things are just getting so bad again. Yeah, I yes. don't know. I mean, if, so that's that's another question. If we have some kind of um, Huge shutdown again. What does that mean for the leagues? Uh, first of all, I think it means you're not going to see fans in most places. No. I mean, you shouldn't... I, that should not even, like... Oh, God. That, that should not even be a thing in the first place, if we're yeah. being completely honest. Like, it, it's just so avoidable. It doesn't need to happen. And, I mean, that goes into a greater conversation. Not to get, obviously, into, like, the political side of it. But it's similar to... <laughs> Like the like states doing their own thing, like with like having teams like to have different protocols and stuff like that. It's just like no, don't do it that way. Like it needs to be uniform. Like I, I don't know. It just seems unnecessary with how bad things are to still have fans in the stands. And like I said, I know in each state it's different, but is it really necessary? I'm gonna say no. I'm, yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I would rather. <laughs> it, it, be it's uniform. just crazy to me. It's, yeah, it's already a bad idea to do it. Like football stadiums are much larger, so you could get twenty percent in and have that be a pretty big number and have people not near each other. And they're mainly outdoors. Although I don't think Jerry World is, and they have fans. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. It, hockey arenas are much. How, smaller. But how separated are, are you, and how much are these people actually following the rules if they're oh, willing to go risk it at a at a football game? That's you know? the other thing. Yeah, I mean, you, the following the rules part is. Uh, questionable. And obviously it would never happen here, but even just look at like the Notre Dame game when they beat Clemson a couple weeks ago and then all the fans stormed yeah. the field. It's like, again, like that's avoidable. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. I know that's kind of different with there college. There are a lot of fans of college football Horrible. games. Horrible. Um, Horrible. But hockey arenas, if you have 10% capacity at the Sabres arena, that's 1,900 people. Now less than, fewer than 2,000 people. Yeah. At that point, you'd be like, oh, it's not worth it if it's 10%. And also it's indoors. Which right. Is, but known to show uh, a lot greater spread or than having something outdoors. Right. Uh, but there is one thing, like a light at the end of the tunnel here, I guess we should bring up. Uh, not not often brought up on the hockey podcast of any kind, but Pfizer <laughs> announced this week that they might have a vaccine. Great people there. Yeah. yeah real great. <laughs> yeah, great guys. Great. We love them. Jesus Folks, Christ. don't we love Pfizer? Mm. But they might have a vaccine <laughs> at the end of the week. <laughs> Or, sorry, not the end of the end week. End of the week? What? <laughs> no. Jesus. They might have a vaccine. Since when? By the end of the year that they could begin to uh, give. And obviously that would not be available for everyone right away. That is a best, best, best case scenario, yes. I feel like. But, uh, so. Six weeks to go. Can you believe there's only six weeks left in 2020? Oh, my God. Where has the time gone? Anyways, <laughs> sorry. Time flies when you're having fun, man. <laughs> yeah, time flies when you're in a pit of misery for nine months. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so so Pfizer uh, 
may or may not have that in uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, one of America's Tony Fauci. Yeah, we love him on the podcast. Yeah, huge Sabres fan. Actually, he was a big fan of Rick's Mavews back in the day. Yeah, he goes way back. He he he's been on once or twice. Yeah, back in uh, when we would discuss different pop culture topics like new albums coming out and infectious disease topics as well. We had, we, we used to love to do lists. Yeah, it was like our main thing. So we we're like, what what's your top five pandemics? Yep. And he was like, he was like, the Hong Kong flu is so underrated. It's like no one talks about it anymore. Uh, so Ebola was no joke. Yeah, seriously. He he talked about how overrated Zika was. And like, Zika gets way too much credit. Uh, but so so he uh, he said that regular people, the the us's of the world, people that would be stupidly packing Key Bank Center, could potentially have the vaccine by April. So would you uh, make next spring interesting? And That's would insane. You, would you like to hear of an example of how much of a moron I am? Give it to me. When I heard that, my first thought, this is insane, insane first thought. I was like, what if we could go in person to a Sabres playoff game? Oh my God, Taylor. <laughs> a Sabres playoff game. Yeah, I'm sure the pandemic will be over in 2027 when that happens. Yeah, right. Oh my God, how funny is that? But that does bring up if if he's right. Sabers playoff game. Jesus Christ! You got jokes. No such thing. Who? <laughs> Go uh, ahead. You were gonna if, say if you if you believe him or if he's right about this timeline, that does create something interesting. So the NHL playoffs will not be starting at the beginning of April. I'd have to. 100% guarantee. Correct. There's, But there's also, at the same time, no chance that they're playing a full 82-game season. Right, yeah. Like How many games do you think they play? My guess is they go for around 60, because they're going to want to make yeah. as much revenue as possible. That's what I was going to suggest, And also too. not screw up the future seasons too much. Right. So they're going to... I think I think you're looking at the playoffs starting in early May, possibly. So anyway, if there was a vaccine available, I think... Would the NHL try to do that? Like, would they have a thing like, hey... You have something that shows or proves that you've been vaccinated. I don't know what that would be. You're able to prove that you can get into a game. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to try to get fans back as soon as they can, like, not legally, but uh, theoretically make it seem safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to be like, all right, get in here. We need your money. Yeah, right. Because they're in a bad way with the salary cap. I mean, they're in the bad way in general. No one wants to be losing as much money as they. All, all these no. sports happen. No, of course. And they, I think they want to see, I mean, ratings are in the toilet for the playoffs. And that might be for a lot of yeah. reasons. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Uh, but they are going to want to make it seem fun and exciting again. Make it seem like, hey, look at this cool atmosphere. So I do wonder if uh, the vaccine stuff works out the way it seems like it might, if you do have fans for the next postseason. That would be pretty That nuts. will not be taking place in Buffalo. Taylor Hall, man, you never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts on the uh, on the season at all? Anything well, in particular what, looking for? One thing I think is interesting um, that's been clear since they decided to actually finish last season is that it's going to take a little while to get the seasons realigned. Yeah. It, I mean, maybe they could do it next year if they end in July and they're like, "Sorry, short off season. You're going right. back to it in October." Maybe. But you know who's kind of twisting in the wind with this seattle very true they don't know when their first season is starting nope. they don't know when their uh, expansion draft will be yeah that's true their first ever team i mean it's gonna have to happen at the end of the season you can't do something like you know what i mean like oh yes yeah. i just mean like is it gonna be in june july september it would have to be yeah yeah and then... like, they have no idea and they have no idea when they're gonna play their first game true wow that's a very good point. and i know you never really know this far ahead but you just know like oh first week of october second week of october is when the season will start so that's weird, right? That's very weird. It's going to be interesting to see how much time that they end up having because that has to happen before the draft too, right? Did it? Yep. Did it last time? I'm pretty sure it did. That yeah, is because that's how Vegas was able to get extra picks. That's right. Yeah, Vegas kind of their draft pick was kind of a, a bust, right? Yeah, no, who did they take? Cody Glass. No, no, no. I'm thinking. Of, never mind. I'm thinking of the Russian guy they signed. That's right. Because oh, Gusev. Yeah, Nikita Gusev. Yeah, no, he's with New Jersey now. Am I thinking of the right guy? Didn't they sign a Russian guy and he immediately left for the KHL? You're thinking of Gusev, yeah. And then and he, he was, came and back, then he and, came back and they traded him to New Jersey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so that'll be interesting for Seattle. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, and dude, the expansion draft is going to be very exciting. Like, I'm very curious to see how that's going to go down. And, and it's crazy. Like, there's a lot of... 
inflated contracts out there that are going to be available like big bigger name guys who maybe ha- don't have like the best deals who are going to be made available mm, and i think that i know exactly who you're talking about who you, uh who, who would you have in mind it starts with an r <laughs> nope i've never heard of anybody with an r or for that matter an r beginning their first name or their last name that's interesting nothing about that not uh, even the guy we used to name our podcast yeah. after Oh, I mean, he'll be okay. Yeah, he'll be okay. He'll be fine. They'll protect him. Yeah, of course. Actually, wow, that's crazy. Of course, we always protect, yes. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens, though. That, that that should be very interesting. Anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, this, uh, this Rasmus Expansion talk. draft? Expansion draft, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. It should be... Should be pretty interesting to see how that's going to shake out for the Sabres, too. Um, do you want to get to a quiz? No. Yes. So, if you guys remember correctly, uh, our last episode, I thought what I had was like a, not too hard of a quiz, but a fun one. I imploded. And Brendan tanked on it and got a three out of ten. It was not a three, was it? Was it was a three. That's so You were bad. two and two, or wow. two for four, I should say. And then... And then I just got in my own head. I got in my own head. It was horrible. And if you he have... vowed revenge. I did vow revenge. Uh, in multiple ways, the first of which being the next time we do a quiz, I will avenge myself. Because uh, normally I don't really do that bad on quizzes. I've been pretty solid all throughout the season with my quizzes. But more than that, because Taylor's topic was so preposterous, I <laughs> decided to do a quiz for Taylor. And it's a fun one, too. So while we're talking about the expansion draft here... Uh, or not the expansion draft, excuse me, about next NHL season and the division realignment, we discussed what would be very interesting, uh, the very interesting prospect of having an all-Canadian team division. And so that got me thinking it would be fun to do a quiz where we're going to do our usual setup where we'll go from 2019-2020 all the way back to 99-2000. And I want you to name the leading scorer of all Canadian teams. So between... Oh my God. Uh, all the Canadian this teams... This is so much harder. You have to tell... And I will give you a... I will give you a hint. It's actually... The, the recent ones are very easy, but when you get back, yeah. I will give you a hint by my own discretion whether to give you the division or the team itself. Okay. Um, because for some of them, if they're maybe a little bit harder, I'll give you the division first. If you don't get it, I'll give you the team. Um, but yeah, so... The highest leading scorer from a Canadian team, starting with 2019-2020. This is an easy one. Dreisaitl. Yes, Leon Dreisaitl. That would be correct. Going back now to 2018-2019, who do you got? McDavid. Connor McDavid was second in the league behind Nikita Kucherov. McDavid had 116 points. Going back now to 2017-2018. McDavid? Dum, dum, dum. Yes, it is McDavid. Correct. See, you're doing so great. You're doing so great. Let's go back again to 2016, 2017. Taylor, what do you got? I think this is McDavid again. It is Connor McDavid again. Yeah, 100 Uh, points, actually. He led the league. 100 points. Next was Sidney Crosby with 89 and Patrick Kane with 89. So getting back into some of the... The lower scoring times, which also, for what it's worth, means that we're getting into some of the uh, more difficult answers here. Yeah. Starting with this one, actually. Yeah. So now we're 2015-2016. So we're we're uh, looking at this person was fourth in the NHL in scoring with 82 points this year. This was the year that Patrick Kane won the heart uh and yeah, had 100 carlson it is eric carlson look at you go very nicely done now it's gonna get hard because now this is gonna be someone with like 72 points or some shit yeah this is the the jamie ben year if i'm not mistaken the infamous jamie ben year 87 points 87 points it's a bad year so uh wow this is a really hard one okay all right, so this yeah, this person was in eighth place in scoring oh, with seventy six points, thirty one goals, forty five assists, and they are in the they played in the Pacific Division and they are now retired. Oh my God, they're, they're now retired and they played in the Pacific Division and they played for actually this is probably one of the harder ones. They played for Calgary. Okay, so that was the year Calgary had like uh, I don't want to say lucky, but they had a. 
fortunate year and got to the second round of the playoffs very yeah. unexpectedly. Led by this very unexpected... 31 goals, yeah. Breakout. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so, their best player is Giordano, but 31 goals is no way, and he's not retired. Nope. Uh, very unexpected breakout guy, and this is supposed to get You wouldn't on. expect it at all. Yeah, I believe this was... Uh, let's see who else is on the list from them. I would have Yeah, said, they have a couple other... Yeah, a couple of guys who are currently on the team are, are on the list as well. Right, like Monhang and Gaudreau would be up there, but it's not them. I don't know, is it? Well, you said he's retired, so it's not either. <laughs> True. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, uh, fun fact, while I'm filling time here, I wrote about them in my uh, capstone my senior year. About the fourteen fifteen Calgary Flames? Yeah, I was reading about analytics, and I talked about them as an example. Really? Yeah, uh, so I should remember who, the, who this so guy is. So I'll give you some hints also. Other teams played for this guy. The Detroit Red Wings... In uh, a brief, two brief stint, a brief stint in Florida and a brief stint in Dallas. Okay, the Red Wings. Well, that should be easier then. <coughs> Bless you. But Thank you. Okay, Florida and Dallas. That makes it seem like there's a guy I have in mind, but it's not him. So, better just throw a guess out there. Detroit should. Detroit should make this easier. It's not making it easier, though. I'm going to say Stephen Weiss. <laughs> Florida and Detroit. No. No, because you said brief in Florida. So yeah. That was, that was wrong. Who is it? Yuri Hudler. Oh! 31 goals, 45 points, 76, or 35, or 45 to 6 assists, 76 points, if I could talk. Yuri there we Hudler. go. Yeah, yeah. Yuri Hudler, right? That was a pretty surprising one. I never would have guessed him. I... Didn't he play in Tampa too when they were in the cup? Or no, he wasn't with Tampa. Oh. Um, all right, moving back now to 2013-2014. Uh, the person we're looking for here is number six. And uh, they are once again in the Pacific Division. They had 80 points this season. They were sixth in the league. This year, Sidney Crosby led the league in points with 104, followed by Ryan Getzlav with 87 and Claude Giroux with 86. Yeah, Crosby ran away with that. Uh, I'm going to say... Think gonna, about this. Okay, because the Pacific... You definitely know this guy. Let me know if you want more hints. No, just off the top of my head, though, I think um, Edmonton and Calgary are the only Canadian ones in the Pacific. 80 points is a lot of points. Is there another one in the Pacific? Am I... Nope. Well, there is. Vancouver is also. Oh, sh- yeah, that's right. Vancouver is in the Pacific. Yep. You definitely know this guy. 13-14. You know him well. Yeah, it's Taylor Hall. It is Taylor Hall. Yes. There it is. Very nicely done. All right. 2012-2013. We are back to now. This would be the infamous lockout shortened season. Uh, and we are looking for this player was 7th in the league in scoring. He played in the Eastern Conference. Uh, 20 goals, 32 assists for 52 points. The leader in points this season was Martin St. Louis, followed by his teammate Steven Stamkos. St. Louis put up 60 and 48, Stamkos 57 and 48, and once again, this person put up 52 points in uh, in 48 games. 52 points in 48 games, I mean, this guy was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, in the East, so that's... In the East, he's, uh, I will take it a step further and tell you that they play in the Atlantic Division. There's no Canadian teams in the Metro. Correct. Yeah, that wasn't a hint. Correct. Uh, so, I remember Toronto stunk. i got to go on... It might be... Um, how many goals? 20. 20 goals and 32 assists. Uh, I'm just going to guess it's Phil Kessel. It is Phil Kessel, Taylor. Nicely done. I was almost going to say there's no way it's a Toronto guy, but they had one guy. Who was, yeah, man. Was cool. Good stuff. Very nicely done. All right. Moving it back now. We are going to 2011-2012, the year that the Los Angeles Kings won the cup. Uh, 
Evgeny Malkin led the league in scoring with 109 points, and we are looking for the fourth leading scorer in the NHL, who is once again from the Atlantic Division. This player scored 34 goals and 50 assists for 84 points. Again, that was fourth in the NHL. Atlantic Division, so this could be... 2011-2012. So, okay. Going through my thinking real quick, I think this is your patch already broke his neck. This would be not be him. But it could be. I could be wrong about that. Ottawa. God, would anybody be that good in Ottawa? It wouldn't be Carlson because that's too many goals. Uh, and Toronto. Uh, is it Phil Kessel again? It's not Phil Kessel. No, Phil Kessel is actually second. He came in sixth in scoring. He put up 82 points. He pointed game pace. The answer you are looking for, Jason Spezza. Ah, uh, that would have been another guess. Yep. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed him that late in the game. I would have thought, like, for him to be that high up the list, it would... I mean, but then again, you know. All right. Uh, this should be... So, actually, for 2010-2011, we are looking for the leading scorer in the NHL with 104 points. It's Daniel Sedin. It is Daniel Sedin. That is correct. And for 2009 and 2010, this is a pretty wild one. This is uh, also the leading scorer in the NHL, back-to-back. Henrik Sedin. Henrik Sedin is correct, yes. All right, moving back now, we are into the 2008-2009 season. The leader this year was Evgeny Malkin with 113 points. And going down, we are looking for the eighth leading scorer who put up 35-54 for 89 points in 82 games. Western Conference. Okay. Pacific. Uh, Aginla. Jerome Aginla. Nicely done. Very nice. Yes, Aginla. And then after him would have been Mike Camilleri, actually. 82 points in 81 games. Oh, and then yeah. The Sedins actually all tied there for 82. Nice. Uh, yeah. So let's go back again. You're doing pretty well. This is good. Going better than I thought. I think, what, you have two wrong only so far? Yep. That's pretty good, man. All right. Now we are back to 07 08. Alexander Ovechkin led the league in scoring with 112 points, and we are looking for the third leading scorer in the NHL. 98 points, 50 goals, 48 assists, and 82 games. Ooh, 50 goals. So I should know this. And this is 08? Yes. Uh, well, let me think real quick. Uh, that wouldn't be any of the Ottawa guys. I don't, well, there's one Ottawa guy. Western who, Conference. Western Conference. Okay. Uh, I'll just say Aginla then. Yeah, you're right. Aginla again. He was pretty good, that Aginla guy. He was was damn good. All right. We are now back to 2006, 2007. The leader in scoring this year was Sidney Crosby with 120 points, followed by Joe Thornton with 114 Vinny LeCavalier had 108 points coming in third place. And in fourth place is the player we're looking for with 105 points, 50 goals, 55 assists. So, is it Heatley? It is Heatley. <laughs> 50 and 07, baby. Yeah. That's a giveaway. It'd be bad if I got that one wrong. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Now I think is where we're going to start to get a little bit tougher here. So, now we're going back 05, 06. Uh Great year coming out of the lockout for the NHL. Joe Thornton led the league in scoring with 125 points, 96 assists, as I learned in our last quiz. Uh, The leader in scoring, actually, is a tie. Two players who both had 103 points. They came in fourth and fifth, respectively, in scoring. Okay. But tied for fourth place, obviously. Tied for fourth with 103 points? Yes. Okay. Do you well, want their breakdown of their stats? Sure. Uh, 50, 53, and for 103, and 43, and 60 for 103. Both in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Heatley and Alfredson. You got it. Yeah. You got it. There we go. Well done. All right. Jumping back. We are at 03, 04 right now. 
and leading the league in scoring this year was Martin St. Louis. 80, or with 94 points, Ilya Kovalchuk and Joe Sakic were tied for second place with 87 points. Yikes. And in fourth place is this player from a Western Conference team who put up 84 points in 78 games. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to say it again, Ma. Nope. Mm. It is not. Marcus Naslund, as a matter oh, of fact. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The captain. Yes. Anything else interesting involving Marcus Naslund happened that year? Not that I could think of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Marion Hosa came in second uh, oh, among Canadians. Ottawa yeah, Ottawa Hosa. Yep, and then right behind him was Alfredson. Uh, Wait, where was Aginlo? Is Aginlo really not up there? Aginlo was... Let me pull that back up and see. One second standby. Aginlo was... He came in 16th in scoring. He put up 73 points in 81 games. Down here. After Hosa would have been Alfredson and then uh, Matt's Sundin, actually, and then wow. Aginla. All right, so let's go back. 2002 and 2003. So uh, leading the NHL in scoring this year was Peter Forsberg with 106 points, followed by the player that we're looking for who put up 48 goals, 56 assists for 104 points. This is 0203? Yes. Uh, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record on this, but I think it's a game law. It's not. <sighs> it's not. You know who it is? Marcus Naslid. Oh, God. <laughs> Once again, and then second place was his teammate, Todd Bertuzzi. No way. I wonder if anything bad happened to Todd Bertuzzi that year. I think uh, it was the next year. Was it the That's next what I was year? I was referring to the Naslin thing. Oh, okay. Because Naslin got taken out by Steve Moore. And then, was it that? that so he yeah. hit Steve Moore. Oh, yeah. It wasn't yeah, even that yeah. dirty of a hit. It was like Naslin was falling and Steve Moore kind of got him with the hip and gave him a concussion. It was not. It was not that bad. At all as bad as what Bertuzzi ended up doing. Yeah, the next game, Bertuzzi. Good God, yeah. Paralyzed him. Horrible. Yeah. Or did he paralyze him? Or did he like kind of like the weird Kevin everything where like he's not normal and he has a broken neck, but like he can walk? I honestly don't know, Taylor. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I gotta uh, call my spine guy. Yeah, right. Um so here's a fun one for you if you want to try and go for it. You obviously don't have to guess like well, it's not in order, but the top four scorers in two thousand one, two thousand and two. First place is 96, second is 90, then 85, and then 80. You want to try and guess them? All Canadian teams. Three okay. west, one east. Three west, one east. Okay. All right. Uh... Hmm. Trying to think of one more West guy, but I'll just guess the first three, just so I yeah. have to. I'm going to guess the East guy is Sundin. It is. And Correct. Two of the West guys are Naslund and Aginla. Correct. Uh, okay, so could be another Vancouver guy. Edmonton, I feel like at that point, yikes, I don't know who else was even at Edmonton. I'm going to guess none of those guys were that high, like Horkoff or Smith or those guys. So uh, Calgary, like, famously never had anyone. So... I'm going to have to guess Bertuzzi again. Yes, you are correct, Taylor. Put some respect on Craig Conroy's name. 75 points that season for Calgary. <laughs> not bad. Not bad, not bad. All right, two more to go. You're doing pretty damn good. Uh, 2000 and 2001, uh, the leader this year was Yarmir Yager with 121 points for Pittsburgh, followed by Joe Sackick with 118. But the player that we are looking for is number eight on this list. Uh, I will give you a hint that it is not somebody who has been mentioned before. Uh, they put up 25 goals, 65 assists for 90 points. And again, they came in eighth place uh, in scoring overall. They played for a Western Conference team, specifically in the Pacific Division. And once again, it is not somebody that has been named in any way. So I think it's... All right. It's, it's an interesting... So Pacific, so it could be a Vancouver guy... Okay, actually, it could be this guy, but I don't think it is. I'll tell you who that, that is in a, at when I'm done. Okay. I'm just going to guess... Um, 
Hmm. So it has to be someone that's a little either older that I'm not thinking of. Yep. Or someone who is not did not have that great of a career. No, they did. They had a good career. They okay. had a good career. Very right. good career. Okay, that's interesting then. Huh. A good career. Edmonton Oilers. Is it? It's an Oiler. Okay, so that's kind of what I was going with. Who do you think? It is? is this the person that you were like, it's not them? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I think it's really not that person. But okay. the other person I was about to say before your other hint was Ryan Smith. No. Okay. That's why I said not that great of a career. Okay. My other person that is definitely not, because you said Oilers, was I was thinking, was this when Bessier was on the Canucks? Oh, no, not him. No, no. Oilers, huh? Well, I already guessed wrong, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> well, do you want to guess again, or do you want me to just tell you? Uh, yeah, let's, let's, throw a, let's throw a wild one out there. Okay, there is someone that was good on the Oilers that I'm not thinking yep. of, because they're in the playoffs all the time. Uh, but... I don't remember him, so I'm just going to say it was Sean Horkoff. No, like <laughs> no, no. Doug Waite, actually. Oh, yep. Jesus. Second would have been Alexi Yashin from Ottawa, actually. He was only two points back. He had 88 points. Probably his last year in the Western Conference. Or last year in Canada, I should say. Yeah. Um, let's see here then. Doug Waite, yeah. that was The Oilers made the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, five times in a row and played the Stars in the first round every time. Do you remember this? Was it that? Yeah. So wow. they beat, they upset the stars in like '98, maybe, when the stars were the the one seed there or something like that, and then they lost to him four times in a row. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Forgot about Including that. Including when the stars beat us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Screw them. Uh. Anyways. Uh, last one here. This is a very tough one again. Uh, leading the league in scoring in 99-2000 was, again, Yarmir Yager uh, with 96 points in 63 games. Uh, followed by Pavel Bure with 94 and 74. And Mark Recchi randomly with 91 and 82. Uh, we, though, are looking for the 14th leading scorer in the NHL this season. Oh. Uh, 35 goals, 40 assists for 75 points. Uh, definitely not... Uh, a very illustrious career. Uh, let's pull up some some career stats. Four hundred points in six hundred twenty one games for this player. So, uh, they played for a while. Uh, they retired in two thousand three, two thousand four, at the age of twenty nine with Dallas. But they also had stints with Montreal, Calgary, uh, Florida, and St. Louis, and then back to Florida, and then retiring with Dallas. Wow. Okay. But this was the this was their career high. Never before they had two fifty point seasons, fifty three and fifty five. But other than that, uh, this is the highest season that they've ever had. Uh, Do you have any other hints? They share a last name with an NHL Hall of Famer. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that's interesting. Uh, a last. Last name with an NHL Hall of Famer. Correct. See, the most famous example that it's definitely not because not enough points or games to be called the Mew, but no. a lesser man would have fallen into that trap. <laughs> huh. This is a... Calgary again. Okay, Calgary. Hmm. So you got a, let's see, NHL Hall of Famer. Dave Aginla. <laughs> hmm. The Hall of Fame thing is going to throw me off, I think. But I'll say... Oh, man. I kind of vaguely remember there being a Robitaille. But what the hell would his name be? Jimmy Robitaille. <laughs> yeah, so it's not Luke. Or Mike. Uh, no, I don't have to roll with Ty. That's... 90s player. 90s. And into the 2000s. Played at the same time as this player. Okay. They are... Yeah, on this list as well. Hmm. They are on this list, and I don't want to be too specific, but they are in the top 20. So they're good, too. Yeah. Like having made the Hall of Fame. Having made the Hall of Fame pretty good, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I don't want to take too much time. So 
This is the last one. Take all the time you need. Uh, okay, okay. Maybe not all the time you need, but... Oh, man. It's so hard. Ooh. Nah, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna guess it's... <laughs> I just love that every time we do a quiz, whether it's you or me, there's so much, like... Probably like five minutes worth of the show is just... Uh, <laughs> oh, shit, shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have this one. I think, uh, I think it's going to be. Oh, all right. That's cool. That's impressive. Yeah. All right. P. Thank you. You got to throw something out there. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. Am I gonna know who this is when I'm when I guess? You'll yeah, probably. Well no, I feel bad. Pro I mean it's not like it's like, come on, you didn't know this person because it's definitely a tough one. Um but yeah. Frank Chuck. <laughs> That's my real guess. I don't I don't Valerie Burre. Oh, ah, man, I never even thought of Pavel. Pavel Bure was number two on the list with 94 points. Yeah, I don't think I ever would have got that. I figured as much. Hey, four wrong. That's not too bad. That's pretty good. Well done. Yeah. Proud of you. Thanks, bud. Well, this has been great. So what's uh, so we can get embarrassed, potentially, what's your prediction for what the Bills game is going to be? Bills win a shootout. Okay. Josh Allen's ready. All right, I like that. Oh, I respect Kyler Murray. He's one of the only NFL quarterbacks who's my height. Yeah. So he's my fantasy quarterback, actually. Same. And same. DeAndre Hopkins is my number one wide receiver in fantasy. So I here. too would like a Bills win in a shootout. That would be great. Nice. All right, Taylor. Any last thoughts for the for the folks Ooh, at home? We got some breaking news. Dustin Johnson won the Masters. Oh, he did end up winning. Wow. Yeah. Didn't Which Tiger hit a ten today, by the way? Oh yeah, on on twelfth hole. Yikes. Tiger, uh, just precipitous drop in the leaderboards. He's he was like he wasn't in contention to win, but he was gonna have a decent finish. Like if he had a good round, like yeah. potentially top ten. He's like one of the lowest guys that made the cut now. Craziness. Yeah. So. But there is a hockey connection, obviously. Dustin Johnson married to yep. Wayne Gretzky's daughter, uh, Pauline. Yep. Yeah. So good for him. Congratulations, Dustin. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, once again, this has been Straight Up Sabres as part of the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. Be sure to check out the Hockey Podcast Network online at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Also, be sure to check out Buffalo Fanatics for all of the latest Bills coverage. Uh, again, we are in the midst of a very exciting Bills season, so there is no better time to just soak in all of the awesome Bills things that there are to be happy about in the world right now. So a couple of great networks that we have the pleasure of being a part of that uh, we would definitely recommend checking out some of our our partner shows. Uh, Taylor, any last words for the people at home? Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Love that. All right, everybody. Well, it's time for our random Sabres player of the episode and ending the episode as we always do. So we are going to share that with you all now in three, two, one. Doug Gilmore. Gilmore.